You're listening to the Boyd Martin Podcast, and here is your host, Boyd Martin. Thank you for joining the Boyd Martin Podcast once again this week. This is our second episode, and alongside me, I've got none other than Dominic Schramm. Dom, what's going on? Maestro, thanks for having me back again, mate. Uh, yeah, just sourcing around. We, last, last week was quite kind of successful, I thought. Not too many, too, not too many negative comments, I didn't think, on the, uh, the comments page. Yeah. No, I think we did good. So, but thanks for having me back again, mate. What's been going on? It's been wet, eh? It's oh, been raining all day. Terrible. I, you know, I'm hoping. I'm hoping we get some better weather this week. Uh, Fair Hill, which is uh, in a couple of days, but uh, it should be nice. Yeah, Fair Hill start this week, and uh, I looked at the weather channels today on my iPhone, and it looked like rain on Friday and rain on Saturday, which could make it for a very exciting uh, event. What cross country is all about, baby? Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, it's a tough enough course without being wet, so I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping the gods shine down on us and uh, warm everything up and dry the track out. All right, Marto, what are we talking about today, mate? I was thinking about talking about um, basically horses, you know, like horses we're picking out for future competition. And, you know, this differs from what I'm looking for to compared to what a amateur, adult amateur is looking for or a young rider is looking for and right. stuff like that. So I thought that would be an interesting topic since it's, you know, something that relates to all of us. Oh, definitely, mate. I think it's kind of the question everyone's trying to answer. How do you pick a superstar event horse? And uh, what, are you looking for? what are you looking for when you go, you know, try a horse? And I mean... What are you looking for, mate? I mean, what, what's the first thing that you're that you're trying to find in a horse when you go looking? Uh, basically, I'm uh, I'm looking at a three or four or five year old, and I've got to shut my eyes and I've got to imagine or picture that this horse is going to gallop for eleven and a half minutes in six years' time around a CCI four-star course. And um, always remember what your end goal is. I think, Dom. It's, you've got to say, you know, what what's my dream and aspiration eventually with this horse, you know? And does this horse have the ingredients to eventually, hopefully do this? You know? Right, okay. And it's something, it sounds so simple, but it's very, very easy to caught up, get caught up with fads and fashions. And, and it's always very, very important to, you know, shut your eyes and really, really say, you know, what am I after here? Okay. And, and, you know, and the answer might be I'm after a... Uh, you know, I'd love to be the prelim champion at the AECs in three years' time. You know, right, which or, is a very different goal to wanting to go around. Exactly, rollers. yeah. Okay. Or a young rider say, you know, I want to be the uh, American two-star young rider champion. You know, and so it's uh, you know, it's different. So I, I need a horse that can gallop and run for about eleven and a half minutes at about five hundred and fifty or six hundred meters a minute. And it needs to be able to jump a four-foot-two jump that's six foot wide again and again and again without uh, without getting sick of it. So and that, stay sound. Stay sound. <laughs> so that would be uh, what I've always got to imagine, you know. And that, and then beyond that, if I have a, a cherry on the icing or icing on the cake or whatever they call it, <laughs> yeah, like if it could do a, a really good dressage test. Um, even better. A brilliant dressage test, actually, in this day and age. Yeah. Um, that, that would be also pretty important to me because I've got the hang of the cross-country and the jumping and, and always um, desperate to, to do a better and better dressage test. So that's sort of what I'm thinking 
about when I'm looking at them. And, you know, I've analysed the top... If you look at the breeding and pedigree of the top 100 four-star horses in the world, the majority of them are at least 60% thoroughbred. Oh, that's interesting. And yeah. uh, 60% thoroughbred and then the rest of them's like... Irish sport horse or warm blood or, um, you know, self-front say or whatnot. Yeah. So I think the thoroughbred component at the very top end is still pretty important just because it is a, a gruelling, gruelling sport oh, that requires sure. uh, stamina and, and um, courage and athletic ability. Maestro, the next question, mate, everyone's going to ask you, where do you find them? Good question, mate. It's a, it's a very hard thing in this country because... Uh, and I think that's actually one of the things that, that's holding America back a little bit. One of the small things that's kind of holding us back a bit is, um, you know, we need to find these horses. And basically a, a horse that we're talking about that's 70% thoroughbred, 30% Irish sport horse or 30% Dutch warm blood or whatever. Um, there's a few breeders in America breeding, but not that many. And right. um, if we lived in Europe, you could uh, you could jump on a ferry and go to Ireland you could, you know, catch the train, go to France, look at a self on say. Go to Germany then. Look at a, a Oldenburg horse, yeah. go to, you know, a uh, Dutch form blood in Holland. You know, like, it, yeah. it, and there's thousands and thousands of breeders kicking out horses that are specifically bred for the job. And uh, unfortunately in America where, you know, we've got awesome, awesome um, access to thoroughbreds. Right. And um, But then when we, we want... A horse with a little bit of sport horse, the the it's kind of big time hard. breeders. They're they're a little bit few and far between, and uh, so I think that, that sucks a bit here yeah. at the moment, which yeah. sort of unfortunately makes it a bit expensive and makes it a little bit of a lottery sort of banking on a agent in Europe and sure. and also having yeah, which is the funds to come up with not only buying a horse but then also flying it back here and stuff like that. It's a big and it's a big uh, investment, a lot of risk and. You know, and are hard to find in the first place anyway. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think the other thing too, you know, both you and I have both ridden in Europe. Um, they're so much more systematic in training, in breeding and training their, their young stock. Or, you know, generally that, that, you know, you sort of, you, you jump on a three-year-old or a four-year-old or a five-year-old and you kind of know what to expect. You know where they're going to be at. Whereas when you jump on a young horse here, depending on what it's done up until then, it could be, barely broke at at five or it could be you know almost doing too much at three yeah. so it's sort of a a bit of a crap shoot still a bit but so um, yeah i mean you're teaching a lot of adult amateurs at the moment and i mean when they they're picking horses what are you recommending there like what what's your well again uh, Marto, again you, you made the best point of all which is you got to know what your goal is I mean, um, if you don't, if you're just sort of going day by day, it, it's very hard for you to, to you know, make a good, a really good decision for you. But um, let, let's say I think that the training three day that they're trying to, you know, I think for a lot of adult amateurs, I think that's a fantastic goal yeah. because you can really experience the sport, what it, what it, you know, was like, and it it requires the the full spectrum training. They got to be fit enough that you got to be going all three phases. And, you know, and for a training event, you'd have to get them pretty fit. But I reckon your quarter horse could do one. Absolutely. Your thoroughbred could do one. Your, your, you know, your crossbred Mustang could do one, whatever you want to do. Like, 
So if for an adult amateur that's aiming for that, the right trainer and enough um, consistency, I think just about any horse could do it, mm. to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, then the guys that want to go a little bit bigger than that, you know, you start to get into what you're talking about. You need a little bit more of an athlete. You need something that's going to gallop and run and jump and handle it, you know, mentally as well. So, yeah. yeah I mean, one thing I've got to say is, um, you know, when you, I've got, I get a couple of uh, working pupils come along, you know, that they're, they're good kids, you know, and uh, they're usually 17, 18, 19 years old and they work very, very hard for hours and hours every day and with the idea of that they're here and they try and learn the, the craft a bit, learn right. the trade and, and their goal is for me to help them to guide them towards, you know, hopefully being an advanced rider and beyond. Yep. And uh, I've got a slightly different tack, you know, like I've got this young bloke working for me at the moment, Bo. Yeah. Bo Goodman. And, they, I mean, he's looking out for a new horse and um, he asked me today, you know, what, what I recommend. And I said, well, Bo, yeah. What do you want to do? You know, and he said, "Well, I'd like to do a four star or whatever." And I said, "Well, I'd like to advise you to go after a horse that the odds, of the probability of you getting there, uh, are a little bit high." You know, right. What you're looking for is a bit different to what I'm looking for. Is them hopefully trying to get on a team or contribute or medal or whatever. You're just looking to get around a four star. Um, and get the experience and the knowledge and the wisdom of what that feels like, how you went about it. And I said, you know, really, I'd, I'd advise you trying to pick a horse that um, can cover for you, you know, that can, if you make a mistake at a big jump, it's it's gutsy and courageous enough that it will carry on. And, yeah. And, you know, I think it's, a, it's central that the horse can run and jump and gallop and it doesn't actually have to try that hard so okay. I, i'm trying to advise him for the things that i'm not you know getting a horse that has the ability to, to cart him around and then we'll work on everything else like the dressage and right whatnot and the, because i think you i think you know the dressage has become such a big yeah. thing everyone's talking about winning the dressage winning the dressage but you know if you have a 20 it doesn't really matter does it yeah i mean i think it's it, we need to kick out more young riders like in you know in australia i think there's uh when we were growing up you know there was kids going around four stars when they're 19 18 19 20 years old and england the same yeah exactly the same and at least they get a bit of mileage you know here i I just sometimes i scratch my head wondering that the horses the young riders are picking up they can't even get to four stars so once the kids sort of gone through this young rider thing then they've either they either have to buy a horse and start again or they wander off and do something else and go to university and Lose, you lose, know, lose focus a bit, you know. Yeah. Well, I think you you made a good point today too, and if you you know, so using Bo as an example, he buys that athlete, you know, he may not win a bunch of blue ribbons on the way to the four star. Like, yeah, that's know, the hard thing. Like the training improvement, it's a bit depressing, isn't because it? Because you you're competing against large classes full of you know fancy dressage horses that get around, and Absolutely. it can be a bit disheartening. But um, I guess you got to get your eyes on the prize, don't you? Well, it all goes back to what we said before, Shrano, of, uh, of uh, you know, really knowing exactly what you're after. Like, what's your goal? You know, what, yeah. what are you, what's the end result? You know? so. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting, mate. That's very interesting. So uh, let's, uh, let's talk about how, you know, there's probably going to be some younger up-and-coming riders listening too. 
where do they get the experience to to be able to learn how to you know begin this journey with a with a young exciting horse? I, I feel like I see a lot of riders that you know they have their trainer, they have their one person, but I mean. If you ask me, I think you've got to be sitting, especially at the beginning of the journey, you've got to be swinging your leg over as many horses as you can, not just good ones, you know, tricky ones, big ones, little ones, fast ones, you know, whatever. Um, and I just don't, I don't see this, sort of see that as much over here. I don't see young, younger. Yeah, riders. I mean, I, I don't think there's a set way of doing it. Right. But I've got to tell you, and not everyone want to hear this, but like that you've got to live it, you've got to breathe it, you've got to be seeing it, you've got to be riding in the ring with other top riders, you've got to be waking up in the morning, cleaning out a stall, thinking about a horse, <laughs> yeah. checking its legs, you've got to be looking at how a person handles sponsors and owners, you've got to be watching how a person's galloping um, strategy to prepare their horse for a three-day works. You know, I've I got to say, living... And the whole working for a top rider, I, I believe, is the way to do it. You know, I, I'd question it any other way, to be honest, just because it's not about so much the riding lessons you're getting, but it's just being involved in it and seeing how it all operates. And yeah, the behind the scenes stuff, Shramo. That's yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, this working student, I've seen it pop up on the on the net a few times right, and on no, the right. on the blogs about. You know, terrible working conditions and or you know numerous other things. But I think you're dead right, mate. I mean, it's, it, one of the best uh, things you get from being in a in a big busy barn is one of your favourite sayings: "Monkey see, monkey do." You know, like you you almost learn from osmosis being around. You you start to ride like a good rider, and uh, monkey see, monkey do. That's mate. it, and and. You know, yeah, we've all we've all done it. I yeah. mean, just about every top rider I could think of off the top of my head has been a working student for many years and lived on ramen noodles and and <laughs> slept on the floor and you know and not got paid for ninety hour weeks. Like yeah. we've all been there, but you, you, it's experience you can't pay for, it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, and I've got to say, I think it's. Um, you know, getting, uh, say you did the other way, say you had your know, horses at your house or whatever and, and then you paid for two riding lessons a week for, say, riding lessons, what's it, 45 minutes or an hour or something? Yeah, yeah. So you're getting two hours or an hour and a half tuition a week on how to train your horse. Right. I, I think there's so much more to it than that, that one and a uh, half hour window, you know? Sure, and, sure. and that's the, the hard thing to communicate to a... Um, a normal mainstream person, right? Uh, it's, yeah. It's the the, uh, the management of them. Yeah. yeah. But I suppose that's probably a topic for another day, Shreya. Yeah, that we could keep, we could go on for hours. We could prattle yeah. on for hours with that one, Marto. Yeah. Well, Brian. Well, Dom, thanks for coming on. Today. No worries, mate. Any time, any time. Appreciate it. We'd like to thank everyone for uh, tuning in. Appreciate your support, and uh, you can find me at boydandsilvermartin.com. Yeah, mate, and uh, Dom Shram, I've got uh, shramequestrian.com. And Avention, what's it? Oh, you're, on, you're a TV star. Oh, uh, mate, I don't know about a TV star, but uh, no, well, um, you might be interested. With My wife and I started a basically a how-to series of uh, 
day-to-day tasks that you would you may not may or may not know how to do already um, from back how to back up a horse trailer, how to polo ride, how to teach a horse to go over a ditch. I mean, what about the one where you're jumping a horse at night? Yeah, well, there was a little intro there, and we tried to make it fresh, and there's rock music, and you know, it's, it's something different, something new. Uh, we have an episode every Wednesday, and the best thing is it's totally free. Um, it's called Evention. Eventing with event with I O N on the end, and check it out on Facebook. Uh, check it out on YouTube. Subscribe and um, yeah, no, it's it it's a helpful thing that we hope people get something out of. So yeah, That's check it out. Check enough. it out. Righto, folks. Well, thanks for joining us once again, and we'll probably catch up with you in two weeks' time. All right, good on you guys. This has been a Chris Stafford Radio production. 